Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Calvary Church Online, what is going on? So good to see you this Sunday. We're so glad that we get to open God's Word together, that we get to worship together. But everybody in the comments, community is happening right now. We're so good to see you. Wherever you're joining us, let us know. We're so glad that you're a part of what we're doing here on Sundays. Also, if you join us for the first time, my name is Phil. I'm one of the pastors here. I oversee our youth ministry, and our youth ministry is incredible. I love what God's been doing through that as well. And so we're just glad that you would join us. We hope and our prayer is that you would feel at home, that you'd feel part of this community. I know we're not gathering physically, but there in the comments, there's so many leaders, so many people that are part of our church, making sure that you feel loved, yeah. that you feel cared for. And we also got some staff and some friends in the building. And uh, I love it. I love it. We got Coyoso here. It's awesome. He's, he's the guest of honor. And uh, we all love him. And I just love that we get to gather together because, being honest, and I know Pastor Alex said this, uh, sometimes preaching in front of a camera by yourself is kind of weird and uh, thinks you're crazy because you're talking to yourself but to have people here Come in the on. studio yeah. it feels great especially with your friends and I know you guys are tuned in got your notes out your Bible's ready and we're excited but before we get to the message I want to give honor where honor is due and um, I really believe that we have the greatest lead pastors on the planet and uh, I don't say that just because they pay me I really believe it and so and uh, they're great friends they're amazing amazing pastors and I really believe that um, if it wasn't for their leadership during this time uh, we wouldn't be where we are today and I really mean that you guys only see some some of what they do on the platform but they are greater people off the platform with how they deal with us as staff and their leadership and the things that they do to treat people with respect. Um, it's incredible and inspiring to watch. So love you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Besitos. And, uh, but hey, we're going to get into the word. Are you guys ready? You got your notebooks ready? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, we're going to be in two parts of scripture. And we're going to be starting off in Psalm 13. And we'll be looking at verses 1 through 6. And then we're going to jump over to Job 23, verses 8 through 10. And if you're taking notes... The title of this message is, When God Feels Distant. Great. When God Feels Distant. I'll be honest with you. Um, there has been moments, especially these last couple of weeks, where I have felt that God has been a little distant in yeah. my own life. Yeah. And yeah. again, I think we can all agree, um, especially for us as a church, we hit the ground running. It's like, okay, this, this quarantine is not going to break us. We're going to innovate. We're going to do things online. We're going we're gonna to go, go, go. Connect groups are going to be stronger. We all had our energy ready to go. But now it's what? Like we... 15, 16, yeah. and it's like, okay, this is this is tough, especially now we're hearing things that we might have another stay-at-home order. It's almost like demoralizing, and you feel yeah. like, God, where where are you in this? Right. Isn't yeah. like don't you want your church, the building to be open? Don't you want people yeah. to gather? And you're like, God, where where are you? Do you care? Do you not care? And I think for me personally, it was just like I would do my first 15, and I would just feel like I just had lost passion. I, I lost that fervor. I just felt like, I don't know, I just felt like God wasn't listening. And I don't know if you're there right now. Or, or maybe you have to understand that as a Christian, you might be going toward that direction in that yeah. season. We have to understand that God being distant isn't a bad thing. Right. And so I know that's kind of counterproductive thinking that way, but I believe that we can see through David and Job, their personal experience of God being distant and how they reacted, how they responded will help our soul this, yeah. this, this yeah. Sunday. And so this is David in Psalm 13. This is him being raw and real of how he's feeling. And this is a low point in his life. And he says this, picking up at verse 1. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? 
How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Remember Saul, who is the king at the time, is trying to kill David and literally chasing him. And David right now is alone, feeling abandoned by himself. And he says, look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him. And my foes, my foes will rejoice when I fall. Look what it says in verse 5. If you can underline the word but there because it changes his perspective. Great. It says this, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing in the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Same cool. situation is happening with Job. Job, and we'll talk about a little bit in the message, had a crazy, crazy situation, crazy circumstances. And here, after losing his friends, his livestock, pretty much his livelihood, is with his friends talking about what's happening. And he says this, but if I go, picking up at verse 8, if I go to the east, he is not there speaking about God. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse, glimpse of him. But he, same thing in, in with David, his perspective changes in verse 10. He says, but he knows the way that I take. And we has, when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Okay. And so you have two people who are in the lowest points of their life, but they realize that God really isn't. He feels distant, but he isn't distant. Right. And that God is doing something in their soul that's going to help them, that's going to test them, so, that's going to mature them. And I believe yeah, in this. Yeah, if you feel like God is distant right now in your life, and during this quarantine, you feel like God has abandoned you. He's left you. That is a lie from the enemy. It's a lie from the enemy. He is not distant. What if God wanted to do something and break something out of you for this new season that, that we have ahead? Because just because of this quarantine doesn't mean that life's going to get any easier after this. And there's still going to be obstacles. There's still going to be things that are going to throw challenges our way. We need to be ready. And what if this season of God feeling distant is preparing you for your future? And so I believe just like David and just like Joe, we can overcome this and so why don't you wherever you're watching uh, again we're so glad that you would join us we're so happy that you would be with us this sunday and we want you to feel part of the family wherever you're watching let's pray and ask god to bless our time lord jesus we thank you um, god we thank you for for your love for your mercy we thank you that that your cross reminds us yes. of your love for us that you would be doing whatever it takes whatever needed to be whatever needed to be done for you to for us to realize that you would go as far yeah. As sending your, your son Jesus down the cross for our sins, for our imperfections, for our failures. And there's no greater love that you have for us, God, Lord Jesus. We just thank you that, that you would just allow us to have online church, that the gospel can still be preached and people can be reached from all over the world. We thank you for every single person that's watching right now. God, we know we're not meeting physically and we, we, we haven't been meeting physically for weeks and months. And, but I love that hasn't changed the spirit of your church. Yes. That this is an ideal and this is this is not this is not what we expected from church but God we're still pushing we're still moving and your message is being is, is, is reaching people and I just pray for anybody watching right now they feel like you're distant they feel like you've abandoned them they feel like you do not care about them God I pray that their that their soul would be comforted by the fact that you are not far that you are not distant that you are closer than they know and so we're just praying for a fresh word and a fresh revelation of that truth. So, Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we just also pray that the NFL will come back and we can have some sports. Amen. And your name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on. I mean, the Dolphins made some great draft picks and uh, they got a great future. And so I don't know about you, but my favorite neighborhood in Miami is Kendall. 
I love Kendall. And I, I know you're saying you feel you live in Kendall all your life. You have a bias. And that may be true, but Kendall is the greatest to me. And I don't know, wherever in your comments, put what you think is the greatest neighborhood. We could debate in the comments. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to have a lot of people in Kendall. Kendall always is so strong. I know we got some Hialeah in the building. It's like three people. But, okay, well, it's, <laughs> we love you. But Kendall to me is the greatest. And, yeah, I, I've lived there all my life. And, sure, I have a bias. But I really believe the reason why I love Kendall so much is because everything is literally so close to each other. And if you live in Miami, you know that things being close to each other is a great blessing to have. Mm -hmm. Nobody gets happy hearing that you have to take the I-95 or you have to take the turnpike to go anywhere right, because right, you know right, you're going to be right. in traffic. Yeah. You know it's going to be so far. True. And you know that something that may take, it might be a five-minute uh, It might be a five-minute thing you need to take care of, but getting on the turnpike is going to make it a 45-minute yeah, right. trip. Yeah. Almost, might as well just go all the way to Disney while you're at it. <laughs> and so Kendall's beautiful because everything's close. Like, my friends are close by. My family is close by. Chipotle is close by. It's perfect. My church is close by. I literally live like eight minutes away from our church. It's amazing. I get to work on time. It's great. Everything is close. And I even love it. Like, I don't have to stress because closeness is key to my happiness. That's for me. If things are close, if my wife is close, I'm happy. If my dog is close, I'm happy. If my food is close, I'm happy. Like, my bed is close, I'm happy. Closeness is huge for our happiness in life, I believe. And for me, it's just one of those things where if, for example, I'm going over to my mom's house and we're having a barbecue with the family. And she's like, hey, I forgot to get some buns for the burgers. Can you run to Publix? I wouldn't stress because I know Publix is, I can walk to Publix and know that I can get it done real quick. And so I go, mom, no problem. I got you. Five minutes, I'll be in Publix and I'll be in your house in 10 minutes. Overall trip. And there's peace that comes with that. There's no stress. There's no um, that like, oh my God, I'm so angry because I have to go through traffic. There's a calming when things are close. And I think, I believe that translates to our relationship with Jesus. I think if we are in rhythm with what Jesus is doing in our lives, we're going to feel at peace. And when we feel like we're close to Jesus, I feel like our worship is the purest. Our worship is the most passionate because we feel like there's a tangible presence of, of Jesus doing something in my life. And I feel happy and I feel like God is doing something and I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm in the right path. I feel like I'm, I'm being led in the right direction. I haven't made mistakes. I, I feel like I haven't fallen to the same traps I used to. And I feel like life is good because I'm close to Jesus. And I've been praying more. I've been praying more powerfully. My, my dreams are getting bigger. I just think whenever we're close to Jesus, we are our best versions of ourselves. But now what happens is there is an opposite side of that. And there's going to be seasons where we don't feel Jesus at all. Right. And maybe right now you're in that season. Or you're saying, well, Phil, actually right now I feel great. Well, we'll get ready because there's going to be a season. There's going to be a time where literally you will not hear God speaking to you. And you're going to freak out. And you're going to be like, God, where are you? It's going so to happen. Yeah. And the question I ask myself when this happens to me is, how, how do I respond when I feel like God is distant? That's great. Yeah, how that's do great. I respond when I feel like I've been abandoned? How do I respond in my worship, in my prayer life, in my Bible reading, in my first 15, in my devotional time? How do we respond when God feels distant? And think about where we've been. It's, it's been one question after another. I mean, you can look at so many people like if you're a small business owner, I can't, I can't even imagine the time it's been for you. And you can you can think of everybody that owns a business saying, well, well, God, I need income to provide for my family. You love family. You love community. You create a family. You you are a community. This is important to you. So why am I not getting treated with with love? Why am I not getting what I need to provide for my family? What you care about? Where are God? I've been praying. I need that paycheck. I need customers. Where are you? Like 
Like I thought, I thought we were good. I thought everything was all right. Maybe your marriage is during this quarantine is taking a hit, and you and you don't know what to do, and you're looking for God. God, I, I, we put you in the center of our relationship. We feel like we're praying. We feel like we're asking you. Yeah. We feel like we're going to you, but but our marriage is deteriorating. It's getting worse and worse. Where are you? Because we don't hear you. Maybe your family member and your kids are just, you feel like you're disconnected. You feel like they're, they're lost to technology. They're, they don't want to, that, that, that your relationship with them has been deteriorating because of this quarantine and there's arguments and there's back and forth and you feel like you're losing your kids day by day and you're asking God because God cares about the youth. Yeah. And you're, God, you love your, my son, you love my daughter more than I do. Why aren't they changing? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, God, where, where are you? Yeah. What, what, what did I, did I do something to mm. cause you yeah. to not talk to me? Why don't I feel you? Why don't I hear you? Why don't I sense you? What did I do? That's a, that's, a, that's a terrible place to be because you feel like the God who says he would never leave you has left you and now you don't know where to go. And so how do we respond? What do we do? Because this is literally how David and Job felt. Here are two men of God, powerful, strong men of God. Both David and Job were guys who were highly regarded to God himself. And here they are by themselves, lowly, depressed, feeling like the God that they gave everything for has now left them. For David, it's it's crazy. David, you know, just a recap of his story. God chose, like literally handpicked him to say, hey, you're going to be the next king of Israel. Mm -hmm. And so David is thinking, man, I just defeated Goliath. I'm riding high. The throne is right there. I can't wait to sit on it. I can't wait to rule. I'm anointed. I'm ready to go. But here he is. And his life has been turned upside down because he sees the throne and now he's in a ditch crying out to God because Saul, who's the king right now, wants to kill him. And here's the thing. David's like, well, this guy, Saul, is doing all the wrong things and nothing's happening to him. I'm doing all the right things and I'm here. And so David is just like, God, I, I mean, do you hear me? What's going to happen? I feel like I'm going to be, my thoughts are going to take over me. And Job is, and if you haven't read Job, I'll, I'll briefly talk about it. It's a crazy book and I pray that you would read it because it will challenge your faith. Backstory of Job. Job was a man of God, someone who who loved God, who did everything right by God. And literally Satan comes up to God and says, I challenge you and I bet you that if I was to torment torment this man, he will curse you to your face. This is crazy. Like this is this is a real thing that happened in the Bible, a dialogue between Satan and God. He says, I bet you if I if you let me, if you if you take your protection off of Job and let me harm him, I guarantee you he'll curse you. And so God says, Okay, try him. And so literally, the devil takes everything from him, his family, his life, his, every, his home, everything that messes up his, his health. Like he is in the horrible, he loses everything in the matter of moments. And now Job is like, I went from things are good with God to like in a day, I lost everything. My family, my kids, my life. Like I don't, I, I have nothing now. I look to the north. I don't see him. I look to the, where, where is God? And they're in the low point. They feel abandoned and I think there's, there's only one hope that we see from these verses between David and Job is that their perspective changes because they realize there's a truth to God feeling distant. Yeah. And it's this, and I, and I think if we, before we go any further in this teaching, if you don't believe this, if you don't get this in your spirit, what I'm about to say, you will not, you, you, you will not survive these moments in these seasons where God feels distant because, again, like I said earlier, it is a lie from the enemy. Yeah. And the truth is this, that God feeling distant doesn't equate to God being absent. God feeling distant. I feel God is, he's abandoned me. I feel God has left me lonely. I feel like God has forgotten about me. I feel, 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 you feel these things. But in reality, he's not absent. 
He hasn't left. He, he hasn't come left on, you. He hasn't come gone. Come he hasn't gone anywhere. Right. What if I told you he's not absent? He's working. Come on. What come if on. I told you he hasn't left you by yourself? He's actually working behind come the scenes for yeah, your good. And it may feel like he's absent, but if you could just see what's happening in the spiritual realm, he's actually doing amazing things that are going to prepare you for your come future on. and for the harder Amen. moments in your life to develop you, to train you. Because God loves you. And he says in Hebrew 13, 5, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. That's that right. is a promise. Yeah. And God doesn't break his promises. Just like he was with Joshua and everything that Joshua, Let's he go, promised Joshua. The Bible says everything he promised Joshua came to pass. Right. Not one thing was missed. Not two. Every promise was made real. Let's and go. the same thing has happened, not just with Joshua, but in your life. And so he doesn't, doesn't abandon you. Doesn't abandon That's a lie. Yep. And that's the problem I think a lot of us as Christians have is that we turn God into a feeling when he's not a feeling. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of the cross. When you feel like God's abandoning you, remember, picture yourself in the scene of the cross. Jesus, his son on the cross, nailed, a crown of thorns. He's, He's suffering. He's gone through hell and back. And there he is thinking about you and how much he loves you and how much he did this sacrifice to remind you that I'm doing this so you wouldn't be alone. I'm doing this alone by myself so you wouldn't have to be alone. So whenever you feel like I'm distant, remember the cross and what I'm willing to do to love you, to be with you, to go after you because I love you so much and it's just a feeling yeah. i think we're more worried about feeling jesus than we are with being jesus wow. being with wow. jesus wow. Great. we're more focused on feeling him and i think christianity what happens is we turn into this this feel good i need to feel yeah. something yeah. if i feel something then god's working it's it's that tangible it's connected it's if i'm if i read my bible and my fingers start tingling god's speaking yeah. it's yeah. like yeah. it's yeah. like if i'm yeah. worshiping and i start crying god's working yeah. Like, I don't know, for me being a youth pastor, I've gone to camp after camp, and camp is an incredible, incredible experience. And it's, it's just a week where we get some students and some leaders to, to really seek God. No phones, no distraction. And every worship, like, session is, is powerful because there's no distraction. And kids are crying and bawling. But there's moments where I remember being a youth. It was my senior year going to camp. And being in this worship scene, I'm like, I'm not crying. Is something wrong with me? Right. Like, like, do I have to cry? Maybe, what, what, is the, what are they feeling that I'm not feeling? And I think what happens is we turn God into a feeling. And if we don't feel things, we equate that to, well, God's not speaking. God's not, God's not talking. So I'm doing something wrong. And so we could come on a Sunday and it's like, wow, look at this person. She's going all out. Look at this. She's crying. Oh my gosh, this is powerful. And I feel like I'm, I don't feel anything. Right. And that, that doesn't mean that God has left you. Right. Our closeness is not based on how we feel God or not. That, that's not how it works. I think what happens is we, we confuse that this idea that God wants us to feel him over God really wants us to trust him. Wow. And that's, that's, the big, that's the big, I think the big disconnect with us and really going after everything God has for us. And I believe there's a problem in the church, which is we have to understand this truth. God promised he would never leave us. Hebrews 13, 5, he would never leave us. The cross, like God will do whatever it takes to let you know that he hasn't left you. It may feel like he's left you, but, but he promised he would never leave us. He never promised we would feel him. Right. Wow. It's not yeah. a promise he made. Now, right. don't get me wrong, right. because before you like kill me and email me in the comments, all that stuff, we can feel the presence of God. Yes. There are moments where you're going to feel the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to cause you to prophesy. It's going to cause you to speak in tongues. It's going to yeah. cause you to do things. And you're going to feel something. You're going to feel like, man, I feel like God has given me a word. I feel like God is spe- I feel like he's, he's healing me. There is going to be times, but it's not an everyday thing. It's not like I have to read this and feel something for God to speak to me. There's times I do my first 15 and it's like, 
okay, awesome. I, I learned more about Jesus. Yeah. I learned more about God, but I didn't feel any different. Right. Yeah. But, but that doesn't mean that I read this to feel something because that's not our relationship. It's not based on feeling. It's based on I was saved for a purpose. I was saved. My soul has been for, forgiven. I'm going to go to heaven one day. I'm not no longer a sinner in the eyes of God. So I read this as a thankfulness and saying, I want to know more about my creator. It's not about feelings. And so make sure it's not about feeling him. It's more about trusting him. And so what do we do? When we do feel like God is distant, we feel like he's abandoned us. And we feel like, again, there's times when we're doing all the right things and we feel like he's not there. How do we worship? How do we pray? How does our Bible reading go? How does our relationship with our, our friends, our connect group, how does that work? Uh, you know what? God's not speaking to me. I'm done. I'm not going to join that Zoom call. I'm not going to get on the rally. I'm not going to, you know, I'm done. If God's not going to speak to me, then I'm not going to listen to his, I'm not going to listen to his people. And what happens is we fall into the enemy's plan of disconnecting us from community, disconnecting us from the source. Saying, oh, God, God has forgotten about you. Same thing happened with Adam and Eve. Oh, God told you to do this? It's always opposite of what God wants for you. So if the enemy can make you feel like God is distant, he could play, you could play into his hand of like, oh, God's left me. I'm, I'm going to just, just do my own thing. And what if God's distance was to help your spiritual development? Like what if God feeling distant in your life is saying, hey, what if I want you to learn something from this season that's going to mature you, it's going to grow you, it's going to make you stronger? Because how many know that? In life, we go from hardship to hardship. We have periods where things are going good, business is great, marriage is awesome, but there's always hardship along the road. And if we have a life that hasn't been tested, we have a life that hasn't been tried, then what makes us think that when the next hardship comes in our life, we're going to be ready to handle it unless we let God develop us and say, hey, all right now, I feel distant, but I'm not. I'm letting this mature you and grow you because there's something around the corner that you can't see, that I can see, that if you're not ready for, it's going gonna, it's gonna to destroy you. And so let God's distance develop you. I believe this. There's one thing you get from this message. If, if I had to sum up the message of one sentence is this. Sometimes God uses distance in our feelings to call us deeper in our faith. Wow, that's great. Come on. Wow. He'll call us, he'll, he'll distance us in our feelings. We'll feel distance. We'll feel alone. We'll feel isolated. But maybe yeah. it's a wake-up call for us to go deeper in our yeah. faith. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we think about, well, well, God's left me. And, and again, I'm not saying that that feeling isn't real and it does hurt and it doesn't feel great. But I think there's got to be a moment and say, you know what? I have to believe that, that he's not absent, that he hasn't left me. It feels like it, but he hasn't. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to learn to get closer. I'm going to seek him. Yeah. I'm going to seek him more passionately. I'm going to seek him better. I'm going to, I'm going to read my, I'm going to go after him more than I did before I felt yeah. his presence. Great. Great. And I think when we do that, we're going to tap into a spiritual maturity wisdom Absolutely. that we wouldn't have had if we, if we would have tapped out, Very if we would have gave up. Yeah. And I believe what, what do we do? God wants to develop us. He's not hurting us. He's not abandoning us. He's, he's not showing how much we, we like, like this is a moment where we can develop ourselves and get stronger. So what is our response? God feels distant. How do I respond? You respond the way David and Job did, which is what? They never gave up. They had moments where it was like, God, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of, my mind's going crazy. I'm dealing with my mental health is all over the place. I don't know what's going on. But they all had a but moment. For David, it was Psalm 13, 5. For Job, it was verse 10. Everything changed. It was, okay, I feel this. Versus my feeling of feeling this versus my reality of like, oh, I remember when God was with me when I defeated Job. Yeah. I was, rem- I mean, when I defeated Goliath. Sorry, I got it all mixed up. Job did not fight David. That is not <laughs> biblical. 
but David fought Goliath yeah. and God was with him and God gave him the strength. Job was blessed to have a family, to have to, 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 be, to be prosperous. Yeah. God gave him those things. And then the remembering of, okay, I feel like you're not with me, God, but I'm going to fight that feeling of, rea of realizing you've never left me. In reality, you gave me everything. And it's without you, I wouldn't even be here today. So right now I'm hurting, but I know in reality, I know, I feel it. I, I, I know it. You are not far off. And so don't give up. I wonder that the reason so many Christians, so many leaders, so many people that, that want to do great things for God, want to do amazing things for God, I think the reason they don't do it is because the moment God feels distant, they throw in the towel and say, God's not there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know what? I gave this whole Christianity thing a try. I gave my connect group a try. My connect group, something happens where we feel like God has abandoned us or God, this God thing didn't work. And so, you know, we go, I'm going to go back to how I used to live. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the world. I'm going to go back to my relationships. I'm going to go back to my coworkers and doing the things that we used to do. I'm going to go back to my, my tendencies that I got away from when I right. became a Christian. I'm just going to go back to that because at least I know that won't abandon me. Yeah. And I'm telling you, if you go back and you do the things that you used to do, and you don't let God develop you, you'll never be the man and woman of God you aspire to be and God yeah. wants you to be. Yeah. I believe it. I believe if we say, you know what, I'm not going to... I believe this. If we give up, we'll never grow up. Yeah. Wow, and if we good. give up and very we say, nice. God, I'm, I'm, I'm done, we'll never tap into that. Man, I just feel like our Christianity is, is always going forward. In the moment we feel like we have to stop ourselves because of a, of a trial, then God's going to say, maybe you're not ready for the thing I had for you. I was going to use you in a mighty way in your workplace with your family. I was going to raise you up. I was going to, oh my, if you would have just seen what I was going to do. But we gave up wow. and we tapped out wow. and we said, no, thanks, God. I can't handle this. And I'll go back wow. to doing what I used to do. Yeah. Wow. I'll finish with this. There was a, a movie back in the day. Maybe you've seen it. It's, uh, it's called Ray. And it's based on Ray Charles, who was an amazing soul artist and musician. I mean, incredible, incredible, incredible. And the movie, he was played by Jamie Foxx, who I think is one of the most talented human beings on the planet. And he does a phenomenal job. And as you know, it's a, it's a biographical movie. And so it starts from his early age to when he became famous and, and ultimately when he passed. And the movie shows a great depiction of how his life was growing up. And as a small child, Ray had a very, very very hard life very and you can see it in the movie it's it's really speaks to what he came from and early on in, in i think around the age of four his father abandoned him and left his family for another woman and they never saw of him again i mean here's a father who again we all we know we all know how important fathers are in the home and here he is picking another person over his family to make matters worse uh, ray's youngest brother drowned when he was a young baby and so he lost his brother, he lost his father, and here he is now to make things worse. He's going blind. He's going blind. He's losing his eyesight at a young age, and he's about to live life as a blind man and having those challenges come into his life. And in the movie, as he's growing up, as he's starting to go blind, his mother would always talk to him, hey, Ray, I'm not always going to be here for you. you got to learn to be self-sufficient. She wasn't saying it in a bad way. She was saying it as, hey, I want you to grow. I want you to be the best version of yourself because I'm not going to be here to help you always. And if I have to hold your hand and help you to this, you're not going to succeed because of you being blind and being able to handle the real world on your own. And so she would tell him, hey, uh, like, I can't, you need to learn. you got to man up. you got, you got to be self-sufficient. you got to learn to do this on your own. And so there's a scene where he's, obviously built up in that courage. His mom is for him. His mom loves him. His mom is amazing in the movie. And in real life, I'm, I'm, I'm assured. And so what happens is he's outside playing and he runs to the house and he trips on a chair. 
And he freaks out. I mean, he can't see, so he's, he's startled, he's hurt, he, he banged his knee, he's on the floor, and he's, he's crying. And, he's, and the first thing he does is, Mama! He screams out, Mama, Ma, I need you, where are you? And what's crazy is the camera depicts the mother right in front of him, literally five feet away in the kitchen. And there's a hint of, I want to go help my son. Ah, that's my son, he's hurting. I, I want to go to him. I want to be with him. I want to help him up. But she says, you know what? I can't. And so I'm going to stay silent and I'm not going to move. As a mother, she's, I mean, her instinct, she wants to help her son. But she says, I have to do this. And he has to learn. He has to do this on his own. This is his moment. This is, this is me teaching him. And so Ray, he's, he's calling out for his mom and he's calling, he's calling. And all of a sudden he, he realized, I guess she's not there. So I have to do this on my own. And so Ray, he gets up. And he starts to use his senses. And he starts to hear the teapot boiling in the house. And he starts to, and the camera shows his hear, him hearing to the image of, oh, okay, that's the teapot. Yeah. And so you can see him in his mind. He's like, okay, I hear this, and now I see it. And so he starts to move around the house. And all of a sudden, he puts his hand by the fireplace. And he's like, okay, I hear the fire crackling. I, hear, I feel it. I'm right by the fireplace. And he starts to move and move. And he gets closer to the kitchen, trying to get to see if his mom's in the house. And all of a sudden, a cricket is on the floor. And he hears the cricket, and he starts hearing it more and louder and louder. And he gets closer to it. He gets on his knees, and he starts crawling towards it and closer and closer. And he finally grabs a cricket, and he puts it by his ear, and he starts to smile. Because yeah. the first time in his life, he's doing something on his own at a yeah. young age. And he's hearing the cricket. He's like, wow, this is amazing how I can hear it and know that this is a cricket. And then another sound starts to come in. As he hears the cricket, he hears the tears and the sobbing of his mother because of how proud she is of him. And he goes, and he, and he sees his mom, he knows she's in front of him, and he hears her, and he goes, Mama, I know you're there, and you were there the whole time. Wow. Wow. And why do I share that story as we end this message? It's the same thing with our relationship with God. Great. There's going to be moments we're going to get knocked down, and life is not going to be happy, and it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows. Right. It's not going to be income after income. It's not going to be friendships being great all the time, relationships being great, marriages being healthy. There's going to be days where we're going to get knocked down and feel like God has abandoned us. And the first thing we're going to do, because we're good Christians, is call out to God, and God is not going to respond because he's watching to see how you're going to react in the moment, so realizing that he's right there in front of you. He hasn't left you. And all we have to do is get up and move closer and closer to him. And don't let the thing that happened to us determine and deteriorate our relationship with God. And so we have to respond knowing that I got knocked down, but I never... I'm never going to question that God wasn't there the whole time because he loves me, doesn't he? If he hated me, he would leave me and I would believe that. But my Bible does not tell me that. Never, ever, ever. The word of God reminds me that he will never leave me nor forsake me and that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. And to me, whenever I feel distant, I just think of the cross. Think of the cross. It's always about the cross. Think about the cross is the greatest act of love. And so when you doubt, when you question, Think about the cross. Yeah. So maybe today you, you don't, you've heard about the cross, you heard about Jesus, and you're like, well, Phil, I don't feel like God's distant. I just feel like I don't, I don't have him in my life. Yeah. I don't have a relationship with God. I don't, I don't talk to God. I don't, I don't hear God. And I, I want to. I, I want this love that Jesus has. I want to accept. I want to, I want to have a brand new, I want God to do things in my life that I couldn't even ask, think, or imagine. I want to do amazing things. I have big dreams, Phil. I have amazing ambition. I want to help my family. I want to do things. What do I need to do? Do I have to have Jesus? Yes, because Jesus is the missing piece to your soul that you've been longing for. The beautiful thing is Jesus, he was the son of God in heaven. And he saw and looked down at humanity, people that he loved, he cared about, and said, 
there's sin because you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all, we were put on this earth. We were, we were born sinners. And what happens is we start to think that in our lives we have to do nice things and be nice to people. And yes, we do have to be nice to people and do good things and be good people. But that's not going to save us. What's going to save us from our sins is letting Jesus come into our life and remove it from our soul. And then he comes into our life. He makes us righteous. He makes us perfect in his eyes. And now we can know that the moment we take our last step on this earth, we're going to take our first step in heaven. Seeing Jesus face to face where there's no more pain, there's no more hurting, and we're going to be living peacefully for eternity. You want that? It all comes from Jesus. Jesus is the way. He's the way, the truth. We don't get to God the Father. See, God the Father, he, he can't be in the same room as sin. He can't be. There's, sin separates us. But Jesus now is the bridge Come that on, lets us amen. go to God and be with him and get all access to the Father. And if you want that, super easy. That's a beautiful. Jesus makes it easy. He did all the work already. His death on the cross was all that needed to be done for us to be saved. All now we have to do is accept the free gift. It's like going to Dayland and getting free, getting free meals. It's like, that's literally what it is. He, it's already paid for, it's done, it's cut up, it's ready to go. All you have to do is take it and believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you're gonna be saved. And you're not gonna be perfect, but you're gonna be saved. And you're not gonna be alone because Jesus is gonna be with you and your heart is not gonna be his home. And so if you want to accept Jesus into your life, you wanna have a relationship, you wanna start a brand new relationship with him, not with Calvary, not with me, not with the pastors, but a real relationship with Jesus who is real, who's alive and with you. Today's your day. And all you're going to do is repeat this prayer after me. And this is a prayer that what we're doing is acknowledging that Jesus is Lord, that we're sinners, and we want him to come into our life. And so it's not a magical prayer. It's not like this is not going to make you like go get some scratches and do the lottery and you're going to win the lotto. No, that's not how this works. This is literally you saying, I'm, I'm ready to change my life. I'm ready to start this new beginning with Jesus. And so wherever you're at, living room, your bedroom, wherever you're watching, kitchen, it's all good. That's where me and my wife watch it the most because we like to eat. Wherever you're watching, say this prayer after me. And it goes like this. Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I invite you inside to be my friend, to be my savior, to be my God. I recognize I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Come into my life and remove this sin and give me a brand new beginning. Jesus, I love you, and I thank you. And it's your name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, church family, in the comments, can we put some clapping emojis, a Calvary clap? Let's make sure we feel, we make sure we make everybody that made that decision feel like family, because it really is the greatest decision you can ever make. And I really believe that your life is going to change from here on out. And I believe that God now is going to come into your life and heal you with whatever you need. He's going to provide for you. And yes, there's going to be moments where he feels distance, but you can always know from this day forward that he's not absent. He hasn't forgotten about you. He's just doing something in your heart. And so, Carver, I hope that word bless you. Come on, we're in this together. I know, I know this is the long game. We don't know what's going to look like. We don't know what's ahead, but we know that God is for us. And because God is for us, there's always going to be hope. And just like David and just like Job, we can push forward and realize that God has never left us. He's always with us. So we love you, church. We're so thankful for everything you've been doing with your generosity. Let's keep on going. Let's keep pushing. And soon we'll be gathering together. But till then, it's Calvary Online. It's our community. And we're loving it. And uh, we can't wait. So have a great Sunday. We love you. And we'll see you next Sunday. God bless, church.
Hey, what an incredible message. I absolutely loved it. I hope it encouraged you and I know it encouraged my life. I'm blessed today because of that message. Remember, although God may feel distant, he's never absent. Hey, if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, I want you to send us a text. Send us the word decided to 33222. If you said, hey, I want to start a relationship with God. I want to start this journey with him. Send us a text. We would love to send you a free Bible. And this Bible has a lot of notes to help you understand what you're reading. Also, who God is and all the plans and purposes that he has for your life. We're going to mail it out to you absolutely free. We want to come alongside of you. None of us are perfect, but we are in this journey together. Hey, we love you so, so much. One more time, a big happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We love you so much. We're going to continue to honor you and thank God for you. Our lives are better because of great fathers like you. And so we hope that today you are honored and celebrated. Make sure you get into a connect group. And again, remember, we have some good announcements coming soon about in-person gatherings as we enter different phase phases we're praying for you we love you so much we can't wait to see you we love you church have an incredible week god bless you